Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the No Bad Dogs podcast. Is a lovely one uh, with a with a lovely individual problem solving on a lot of things that you guys are are likely dealing with as well. Um, this is a mini Australian shepherd that's doing mini Australian shepherd stuff, right? Herding kids, H E A R D I N G, not H U R T I N G. So doing a lot of that stuff, and and so we talk about. Um, how to how to work with a dog that's doing these things instinctually and what's fair and what should be expected uh, and just a lot of like good questions on on that um, on how to like m- manage these these things and then also working on a lot of the problems that people have is bridging the gap of my dog listens inside but my dog doesn't listen outside why and my dog doesn't look at me and doesn't engage with me why so a lot of good stuff in this podcast lovely individual it's another uh human from germany so it's always nice to talk to people from germany we love germany um we have family in germany so um just interesting that we had two people pretty much in one day from germany but anyway um if you guys want me to answer your dog training questions specifically you guys are the listeners i pay you guys back as much as i can this is absolutely for free cost me hours of my time editing and putting things out and all that fun stuff. The only thing I ask you guys is go leave me a review. We're, we are at the top of the list in the dog training podcast um, in the United States and, and slowly climbing in other countries. So if you guys like this, if you like the information, um, the best thing we could do is let's grow. Let's do this. Let's become the number one dog training podcast in the world. Go and review this this podcast. Share it with your friends. Take a screenshot of this podcast if it's helpful for you um, and share it and, and tag tag us in the in the uh, Instagram and stuff like that. We'd appreciate it because uh, it's free for you guys and I just want you guys to get better. But I also want everyone else to get better. So the more you share, the better it'll be. We're on tour right now. We're very excited. Make sure you guys come out and say hello and a meet and greet. And um, yeah, and and there's not going to be any questions at the end because we don't have any new uh, questions to answer. So if you guys have questions, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you guys to ask those questions. Go to the iTunes review chart, leave your review and your questions in there and enjoy the podcast. Yeah. um, What's going on? um, I have a um, mini Aussie. First of all, I wanted to tell you that I'm so... um, 
really uh, excited about all your YouTube videos. I've been watching probably hundreds of them. I don't know. I've been watching hundreds of these with other trainers too or educators. And I feel like, I mean, you have a skill set that nobody else showed. So I learned a lot from you. Thank over you. the last couple of months and uh, i appreciate your work and uh, also educating people for free on youtube anyways so then um i i'm doing all of that because i got a new dog uh, that was um about um two years ago i got a new dog um we had a, another dog that we had before and uh he passed away and just because of that then um, we had not a dog for a long time my daughter has her own dog now and so then I decided during COVID I want another dog and so I wanted something that is like our old dog and uh, wanted to have a herder so I got a mini Aussie I got a, a smaller version of an Aussie and thought that would be great I read a lot about it beforehand and then I got a rescue she was nine months old and now she's uh, two years and nine months. Uh, I got her from this rescue place, um, got a little bit about her story was, um, she was with the breeder, um, she's a full bred, and she was with the breeder up to two months and then they sell them. And some lady bought it and had it probably from two months to whatever, four months. And then after that, um, it happened that um, she gave it up. And the story was to the rescue that that lady was not, um, you know, she didn't know about puppies. She probably worked all day. The thing was sitting in the crate, the crucial time when you socialize a dog. So then I got the dog um, was nine months. So the dog stayed from five months to nine months in this rescue facility. And it was in its own, you know, whatever outdoor facility, but there were lot, lots of little dogs around it. Um, I think it was socialized somehow, but not really. And it didn't have really an owner. It lived with 10 other dogs in that facility. And then I got it. So um, anyway, so because it's a herder and I read a lot about it, I hope that my dog is is um, not having the behavior that a herder has, like the strong genetic behavior that they want. They have a high prey drive and they have a high protective drive, but my dog developed to a dog like that. So she's very highly reactive. Is this a, so, um, sorry to interrupt. Is it, no, do it, do it. <laughs> you're talking about the Australian Shepherd? Yes. Okay, uh -huh. mini Australian yeah. Shepherd. But a mini, yeah. Okay, okay. And so... Um, at the beginning, it was my fault. I can recall that now because I learned so much afterwards. I had these issues that I will address in a second that I learned so much about that. It was my behavior that I babied her at the beginning because I felt sorry about her, blah, blah, blah. So our relationship was not good at the first, at the beginning and the first start because then, you know, I didn't uh, establish a good leadership. So over time, I did more and more, and now I feel like I am at that point, but her major behavior that I don't like, uh, she's having not made as much progress. Um, that is that from the get-to-go, she was charging people, like anything that is new to her that she doesn't know, or uh, like a person, a bike, uh, could be any anything else, like then she gets... If she's off leash, she gets to run, 
and starts barking and charges. And then if I have her on the leash, she would focus on it very early in time and I cannot disengage her from it. She's so heavily genetically in this drive that she has to do something. And so that's the uh, problem from the beginning. So that was all good, and I think I can get rid of it, blah, blah. But on top of it, what came, and this is one part that I haven't seen you train a lot in your movies and um, reactivity, is how to address when a dog is reactive to kids, which is the hardest in the world because you cannot take a real kid and practice if you don't have like your own kid at home. So that's my major issue. I have only seen one movie where you address a little bit, but it doesn't help. Like I need to okay. know, first of all. Okay, so just to reiterate the biggest concern that you have yeah. is your mini with kids yes and then in general with other foreign subjects that are also she shows that behavior at the beginning but then people usually like if it's a girl they start with a high-pitched voice even if she just runs to them and she would be off leash and then she's just ah and then Gigi is all happy but then if it's a person that fears dogs, Gigi does not stop because she's okay. super smart, highly intelligent, and knows when a, a person fears, um, um, as she um, senses fear, and then she keeps nipping or charging or whatever she does. It's not, she's a mini, she's 30 pounds, but still, I don't, that behavior is not acceptable. Correct. So, yeah. so how is, um, so just to paint a picture for myself, yeah. um, is this, when you're talking about her running up to kids, what is the context? Is she she's off leash in your yard or at a park or where are these kids coming from and, and who, who Yeah, I, I'll tell you that. So when okay. she is in the park and she would be distracted as soon as she's distracted by other dogs, by friends, by people she knows, and there would be a kid involved, she wouldn't focus as much. But if she's unfocused, highly energetic, she'll just go for it. Even if, if she's on the leash, she would be just alert and would just want to pull or look at it. She's really focused. If she's off leash, she just goes and runs and just starts blah, 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 and, uh, and that behavior. At the park, we had a couple of times at the dog park. She's often at the dog park um, and she's great there. She's good with other dogs. She's, I mean, I, um, I, I trained her at everything. She can do everything. She's a great dog. She's just this one part. Okay. I can't train it up. So I understand. So she's off leash. You're at a park. When she sees certain kids, uh, it's not super consistent. She'll run over. Um, okay. So how, how is your, how is your recall in general? Like when you, when you call her back to you, is she pretty good? She's great as long as it's not her instinct or prey drive, overdrive it because then she's not listening because she doesn't. If she sees a squirrel, she's gone um, to do her business and then she comes back. 
Um, if she, like I said, if she gets into this mood where she wants to do what she wants to do, I have no control over her if, okay. if she's on leash. Okay. But if it's anything else, I can do anything. I mean, she'll look at me like, oh, yeah, mama, I'm coming. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. She does everything when she's not distracted. She okay. does a lot of stuff at, outside, too. If she's not distracted too highly, then I can even get her attention, all of it. But as soon as this genetics kicks on the herder, the protective thing i mean i'm done okay yeah um so this is more of a a very basic off-leash control this is this is my dog is great with basics until there's a heavier distraction which means my dog listens to me unless there's something else important going on which is a very basic common problem or frustrating thing that a lot of dog owners get with Mm -hmm. so there's a couple different things that you can do primarily well there's many things but i'll talk about them um i i think that if you're going to be if you're going to be outside in a park that's a public place you can't control the environment so if your dog is off leash and your dog is reactive to kids that are running around and stuff, your responsibility is to make sure that when you say, hey, dog, get here, that they do it. And Mm -hmm. so there's a couple different things is you can work on it with either a long line where you hold the dog accountable, or you can transfer to using the remote collar to make sure that you can control the dog Mm -hmm. when they, when they don't listen. Yeah. Cause this is, this is a very basic advanced obedience like jump from you know basic obedience to the dog listening you have a treat there's nothing really going on bing bang boom but as soon as there's a there's a distraction that's where real i mean to be honest that's where reality sets in for most dog owners it's like that's why if you're training with tons of positive reinforcement that's great that's what we suggest that's what we normally do but after the dog understands the behaviors we start to take away that external reinforcement no food or minimal food and we just reward the dog but you're just dealing with um, advanced obedience so i just think that I think that that's what you should be working on is get yourself a long line and start to check the dog because right now, mm-hmm. if your dog just ignores you, mm-hmm. there's no there's no accountability. There's there's yeah. basically you just hollering and clapping and yelling and chasing. <laughs> um, yeah. So th- those are the two things I would do is I would work on a long line to hold the dog accountable. So you say your dog's name, tell your dog to come, and if they don't, you pop the, the leash and the collar. But I understand that most people are going to be like, well, I don't want to carry this long line around. It's going to get wrapped up. It's going to be a mess. I'm like, okay. But that's where you then transfer to off-leash, um, like, e-collar work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My son started e-collar. So the dog was gone for two or three months because she was with my son in New Mexico. And uh, he took care of her. And I think he didn't believe me at the beginning that he thought I'm just doing things wrong. And then he knew that um, she's also not controllable with him in these situations. So he bought an e-collar. I haven't tried it, but he's using it. So he had good results of that i just didn't know if that's something that you um would recommend i i know i seeing you using it but uh is that something that um gets a a dog controlled over time then the dog 
accepts that behavior and is better with it or does the dog always then has to have that e-color that it it's controlled i wondered about that too yeah um it's a good question. I think it's dependent on the dog's personality and behavior and training. I think there's a lot of variables that go into it. But I think at the end of the day, there's the, the first thing is is expectation and training. So uh-huh. when we have a dog that's an animal, wild, off-leash, running, being a dog, that's probably their happiest form, happiest place right. to be. Mm-hmm. And, and our responsibility is to build them up in that environment to make sure that you've trained for that. So like anything else, if you've never hiked a mountain before, you should probably train to, to hike a big mountain, right? Or whatever, whatever it is. If you, if you've never played soccer before, like you should probably practice a little bit or learn how to play before you go into the game. There's always training that's involved in order for the success in the real game. And the real game for you is being off leash in the park. So there's the mm. development of the expectation of the behavior. There's a development of, I think you said your dog's name is Gigi. Gigi, yeah. Yeah, so it'd be Gigi come, good come, Gigi come, pop. So having the dog understand the behavior is number one. I think that yeah, I this, this is a very good conversation and it's a very big thing that most dog owners deal with is if they're having a problem with their dog's behavior, doesn't matter if it's barking, pulling on the leash, not coming back, jumping on guests, whatever it is, the first question I'll always, and it's a very easy template that people pay lots of money for. And I'm like, it's pretty simple. Yeah. It's, it does the dog know the behavior well in the context you're asking, meaning mm-hmm. does your dog know recall really well? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. How much have you practiced recall under this environment? Not that often. And those two need to kind of come together. So the dog needs to know what you want. And then the second piece to the equation is simple, is what type of accountability and what type of enforcement and what type of punishment or what type of um, consequence does the dog have when they go, yeah, I know what you said, mom, but I'm not coming because this kid... You know, this kid's ankles are, are appealing to me right now or yeah. whatever the circumstances is, if it's a lion or whatever. Hey, I want to go. So that's where the accountability comes in. And it's at that very moment where training really comes down to reality of, okay, your dog knows what you want them to do, but they're like, screw you. I'm chasing this kid. That's where you need to go. Hey, and get their attention, hold them accountable, make sure they understand they're making a mistake by some sort of communication. And there's nothing else in the world that gives us the option to hold the dog accountable completely off leash other than the remote collar, which is why it's vastly used by millions of people. So the e-collar will be great for you, but you have Mm -hmm. to condition it. Like it's not just a, oh, go get a car if you want to travel. Well, you got to learn, you know. haven't even started it because I know it's training and I have to learn to build it up. That's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have to have time so to use that and uh, go into it. But you feel like that's something if a dog gets to know then the right behavior over time, they're kind of, and I do it all right, then over time they get to be better. Mm -hmm. It's not you don't feel like a dog genetically is so disposed that it's not teachable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think now with basics, no, I think it's just a repetition. If you're talking about like severe behavior modification and stuff, it gets a little bit more in depth. And uh-huh. but when you're just talking about a dog wanting to do something 
because you can't hold the dog accountable. You just have to search for the right training and the right training tools to help you connect the dots in order to be successful. And that's the only thing. That's the gap that you're missing is Gigi's Mm. like, I'm out of here. Right. And you're like, no, come back. She's like, make me. And you're like, I can't. (laughs) So then you just got to chase the dog. And so that's where the remote collar comes in to give them a little bit of pressure wirelessly. It's the same thing as everything else in life is sure. You can chase the dog around. You can get a long line forever, but you could also put a stamp Mm -hmm. on a letter and send it and wait a couple of days. And, or you can just send an email, use technology. And that's what the remote collar allows us to do. I guess. So, yeah, that's great. So I'm just having to, um, is there any, um, like, do you have any uh, suggestion of how to learn how to build up in with a color like that? Is there anything that I can read about, or is there yeah. that, or what? What would you recommend? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't have a ton of reading materials, but Larry Crone has a book. Um, I mm-hmm. can't remember what it's called that you can get off Amazon, and I then I have a e collar. Um, I have a remote collar uh, uh, course, an an introductional course. Um, Mm -hmm. So you can check that out as well. And that kind of goes through all of the the processes that you'll have to have uh, in order to to get your dog off leash successfully. Is that on your website? Where Where do I find yours? Where is that, that remote collar course? Yeah. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, I can send it to you. It's for some reason, to be honest, it's not on my website. I have no idea why it's kind of crazy, but I can email, Mm -hmm. I can email it to you. That would be nice. Yeah. Okay. So that's one thing, but then I have this question in general, how, why do you only have dogs that are reactive, but you never, there's no, nothing with kids involved. Why is that? Like, Mm -hmm. do people come to you because of that because they just come with their big old dogs they can handle because they're pulling the leash i don't get that why do you have just one little youtube about kids and that's it because there's so many herders who have that like 50 percent, i guess have Mm -hmm. that i know that Mm -hmm. yeah it's a great question and the answer is pretty simple is i only create content from what people bring me so i don't know I don't get to choose what content I create. So the only content that you're seeing out there is people coming in to hire me and that's what we film. And so that's why. So I I don't, I don't go, I I don't say like, Hey, why doesn't somebody bring me kids? And we get that all the time. (laughs) People are always like, why don't you have this? Or why can't you do this? I'm like, bring me the dog, bring me the kids. So that's, that's, it's a very easy answer. And I understand, you know, it's like, it doesn't really curate to exactly what you need, but at the same time, I'm just a creator based off of like real dogs with problems that people are coming in. So, oh yeah, no, I know that. I just wondered why. That's it. Nobody's, yeah, nobody's ever uh, brought it in. Interesting. And then, um, so I want to also try something out. Remember how you do your little prop dog? Yeah. So I have a great idea. I'm looking on eBay for a 30 inch baby doll that is almost like a kid and then I have to engage my son to help me out and I want to practice with that one because I feel like you have to practice on the real deal which is not a real deal like you use your Mm -hmm. toy doll you pull it around but I want to have her 
more exposed to it? And would you think it's a good idea? Yeah, I think it's a good idea. But I, I even think like you can, what I would do is lay the foundation in with your e-collar, like yeah. get get that done, get that introduction done, understand mm-hmm. that. And then um, when you take the, when you take my course in, in specific, then you basically graduate to reality and then you just get the long line and then you can have your cake and eat it too. Like, you know, your dog's numbers, the dog has an expectation, the dog understands how to shut the remote collar off, all that stuff happens. And then all you do is you say, okay, now we're going to go to the park and then you can work on it at the park. So yeah, you can get the baby and the fake things. It's probably not going to represent because it's the running and the noises. I know it is. (laughs) Yeah. So. But it is, it's just so hard. I can't borrow a kid. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But they did practice. So when the dog was in New Mexico, my my kids practiced on our nephew. So we have a niece and a nephew and they practice kind of, you know, um, her behavior amongst these kids. And they're crazy. They scream a lot and run around. I think they got it partially under control. But what happened is maybe they didn't do it long enough. It came over and over as she would have forgotten what she did the day before that she behaved. And she got punished for bad behavior, but then she did it over and over, almost like it's so ingrained in her. But what you're saying is I just have to do it long enough with enough patience and with um, consequence, and then she might get it after, I don't know, many months, depending on how long she takes, I guess. Yeah, I mean, e-collar training is is like anything else, um, anything else in the world that um, that it takes time to understand. And I think it's important for you to just, yeah, you just practice and you build it out. And that's, that's what, uh, that's what it is. You practice and you build it out and then you, you introduce the dog into, into those environments. Um, and that's, that's what happens is you just, you just say like, Hey, this is what we do. 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 Now let's go practice in reality. Let's go practice in reality. And you just copy and paste and you transfer into those, those environments. It just takes so long, I guess, sometimes. Um, so, you know, I think maybe sometimes I don't have enough patience, I guess. I don't know. Or at one point, the interesting part is, you know, the dog we had before we had one of these natural, beautiful, have it all together dogs and he you know we had this as our first dog that's not a good thing because Uh then you think you're so easy and then we got this thing that is really really uh, different and uh, and then I was talking um, I got to know somebody at the dog park and he's also had trained dogs before he has a Aussie and he has him for two years and or three years and he has trained him from the get to go. So at least he didn't have like me, like a long time where he didn't do the right thing. But in general, that dog is so different from mine. That dog is a little more timid and calm. And all that dog does is the eye connection with its owner and he did it from the get to go. It was nothing he had to teach mm-hmm. the dog naturally like that but then you have little machine like mine who is just so independent Mm -hmm. she's anxious to be with me 
but she doesn't care if she's on her own business. That's the thing. She would be anxious if I run away. She'll be the next next to me because she doesn't want uh, me to leave. But as long as she knows I'm not leaving, she doesn't care as, almost as much as the other dog. Mm-hmm. I can call the dog from whatever, how many meters away, and the dog will come. The dog will do everything for him. But the dog also looks at his eyes constantly and wants to please. My dog is not a pleaser. My dog is a pleaser to the point that she knows she has to do it. She's smart, and she figured out the game. So I think I just have to work hard. Just um, not fair. I don't want that. <laughs> but, you know, you got the dog, what you got. I, I didn't, you know, test her, getting her. And I think um, every dog needs its own time. Is that a true fact or is that what you see too? Yeah, of course. It's um, just like with people. Like it's yeah. not It's not even like, yeah. Do- like <laughs> y- y- you can have a million dogs and they might all act completely different. Dogs are yeah. not dogs are not interchangeable as far as they're all going to act the same, be the same, train the same, listen the same, have the same relationship. Like my dog with my, my relationship with all of my dogs that were mm-hmm. alive um, and had passed were all different. All of my relationships were different. Yeah, I see. They're all different dogs. You can't even don't even put it into the universe. That's like saying like, hey, um, you know the uh, the the weather over in Antarctica is just much different from Miami. I I don't understand. It's really weird. Does anybody else think that there's a difference between Antarctica and Miami? Anybody? Like, yeah, every dog is so different. I wouldn't even yeah. put it. I wouldn't waste your time putting that into the universe of scratching your head. It's there. Yeah. Every dog is different, and there's not there's not even a a point or a sense of even saying it out loud to say like the other dog, my neighbor's dog, my friend's dog, my past dog. It, it's yeah. it's just it doesn't matter. None of that matters. None of it. Okay, and then uh, have you seen that you had dogs that learn faster, and then dogs um, they're harder to teach, and yep. Um, but eventually, did you get to all of your dogs that you trained to the point where you wanted them? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think yes, yes. And yes. Uh, dogs, are, like you said, dogs all train differently, just like with people, like every person is different. There's a person at MIT right now building the next robot to take over the world. And then there's people that just couldn't even go to school. So like, ev- again, it's like, you don't get caught up in that. And, um, every dog's expectation is different depending on their genetics have a, have a big role in their road mapping. So again, like if I have a border collie over here and then I have a St. Bernard over here, those two dogs are going to be wildly different in what they want to do and what they're capable of because of their genetics, because of their size, because of their, desp- their, their behavior, their, their temperament. Um, so again, it's like every dog is going to perform differently and you just have to have realistic expectations. But when you have a mini Aussie, I mean, those dogs can do anything you want, but, I know. but Australian shepherds in general are some of the, I say this all the time. I would uh-huh. much rather have my client have a Malinois than a Aussie. They are very hardworking, drivey dogs that a lot of people can't handle. And a lot of yeah. times they do not make good pets. They need to be yeah. working, 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 working. And, um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. You're right. That's all what I figured out after having her for a while because uh they should just not I mean, they they warn you in books and they and wherever you read about it, but not at to that point. They're not family social dogs. Right. You can have luck or it, it will happen, but 
50 50 it doesn't and then what you do then and then you have it already so that's one thing that i learned if i talk to people who want a dog i tell them about aussies because i don't want anyone to do that mistake and end up not wanting that dog afterwards i tell them just the expectation and the and the patience and the training they have to do otherwise you not have a good dog you you can forget about it from the get-to-go my other thing is with the relationship i have like let's say what she does is she's really protective of me um which is good in a point but then sometimes it's not good how do you work with her let's say she's she goes also in my office and usually she's really if she knows people then she's fine with them but sometimes she's just doesn't get fine with them like she just chooses who she likes or not like there's mostly male who are uncertain about dogs she nips and uh even i had her on the leash and somebody walked by and she knows exactly these candidates she keeps nipping on it what what should i do to tell her it's not right what like just knock at her leash at that moment or be mad at her or what what would you do to just tell her this is not a good behavior she shows me yeah, I mean, you have to, I think you answered your own question is you, dogs who are protective sometimes is an instinctual thing. So it's, you know, telling the dog like, hey, don't be protective. They're like, what? This is what I do. This is what I was born yeah, to do. So job, yeah. your job is to say like, nope, we're good. That's, that's, yeah. an, I got this. So correcting the dog when they go, I'll get the, I'll get this delivery guy out of here. Don't worry. Correcting that say, no, you won't. We don't do that. Go to your place and stay. So then immediately hitting it with some sort of like obedience as I, well. So again, it's the same, you're dealing with the same type of template in the beginning is, and this will be helpful for you moving forward is you have to really audit and think about the things that you're struggling with and ask yourself how advanced it is for your particular dog, because when we're talking about a dog being protective, that means in the car, at the office, at your house, out when you're on a walk. These are all very high distracted, very hard to work in environments for most yeah. dogs. And so yeah. you have to then make, ask yourself, like, how good is my obedience? So if yeah. your obedience isn't solid off leash, yeah. you have to you have to hold your dog accountable at a smaller scale to make yeah. sure that they learn. I see. And that's mm-hmm. what's happening is, is you're letting your dog um, have too much space. And they're making yep. a lot of mistakes or potentially a lot of mistakes without any without any enforcement behind it. So if, if your dog is off leash running around doing a bunch of things that they shouldn't be doing, you, sh- yeah. you shouldn't be worrying about like, why is this happening? You should be thinking about how you're how setting you- this dog up for failure by saying like, my training isn't good enough to have my dog off leash. Done. It's right there. Boom. It ends right there. So after the fact... After that, mm. after you've said that out loud, nothing is nothing is matters to me. Is if mm. your do- if your dog's obedience and understanding and training isn't great off leash, you can't yeah. you can't get upset or complain or scratch your head at why your dog isn't listening off leash. And it, and again, it's the same exact thing as we talked about in the beginning of the conversation. It doesn't matter mm. if it's off leash. It doesn't matter if it's protectiveness. It doesn't matter if it's off leash healing. If your dog's obedience isn't great off leash, you can't expect your dog to do anything off leash. Yeah. It's it's a process. I mean, you're you're taking an, a living animal with emotions and feelings and prey drives and and all these different mm-hmm. things and you're just like, "Hey, I want you to listen to me off leash." And they're like they're not just going to go, "Okay." 
Like you have to train, you have to train them on how to, how to behave. Yeah. So, so you, if my, all, all of my efforts and I'll, if the obedience is advanced and I get it there to this point, it would be possible if I then can control her that I can leave, let her off leash at one point and she will do what I want. I mm-hmm. mean, that's for me, the question to even, you know, I, I just, I want a reinforcement that it's possible if I do the right thing, because then I feel more hope, you know, at the beginning. Yes, I should have not have her too much off leash because she got used to a behavior she shouldn't do. Um, but then now he, she's more controlled. Uh, but still, like I said, is there hope there that if I do everything right and do it, and work with her, do you feel like it's possible to do so? Because I know you do it, but you spend much more time with the dog. Maybe then you say, if you don't spend enough time, then it's not going to work. Yeah. Is that- well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you have to put in the work. Yeah. Like, you again, same thing. You have an animal that has four legs, and, and you're, you're you're trying to tell this animal running around off leash that you want to you want them to listen to your every command no. at any time and that takes a lot of work so you know and for me I really don't get to spend a lot of time with my clients like any video that you any video that you see me do with any dog uh-huh. I I'll have an accumulative four hours with and their mm-hmm. whole life so any dog wow. you see listen or behave, they come actually they come in and do two two hours of private sessions and then they sit mm-hmm. in a group and we work the dog for 15 minutes throughout wow. the day and mm-hmm. at the absolute most of any dog you've ever seen me train over mm-hmm. the last 5 years on YouTube unless disclosed otherwise has been training with me for less than 4 hours the that's the crazy. the owner and the dog and that's something that a lot of people forget that I'm not a traditional a trainer that's getting a dog for four weeks and explaining, uh, you know, how to finish a dog after four weeks of work. I'm working with a dog for less than four hours with a dog owner who has no idea what they're doing. That's why I, yeah. that's why I focus so much on education and coaching. And I feel like mm-hmm. I've curated my skill sets enough to be able to make such a good impact so quickly and train yeah. dogs so quickly because I never have enough time ever. I have, mm-hmm. I have a handful of hours to flip a whole relationship around. So I think if you put yeah. in the work, there's yeah. no reason why you couldn't achieve I anything you want. Achieve anything. Okay, so that's good to know. The other thing then is when you have, um, so um, with her, um, gosh, I just had that thought and lost it. It was really important. Um, God, what was it? Um, yeah. Um, what about this? Um, look at me type of thing that I engage more with the eyes. Does that help a lot more or is it more the obedience that helps more with um, reinforcement? Like this focusing that she looks at me and wants my attention more. Yeah. Is that helpful? What- yeah, it's a good, it's a great question. Um, two big things is some of it is natural. Some of it is, is, is yeah. very organic. Like my Dutch shepherd, Lakota, yeah. she just does that naturally because she's so intelligent that she is looking at my face with such expression of like, hey, you, get the ball, get it, 
get the ball. Like she's like, she's, she's, tr- it's mm-hmm. like the movies where you see the dog going, Hey, there's somebody over here. Hey, there's something like, she is just like, Hey, you ball, you chuck it, you chuck it. So there's that natural drive that she has. She knows through development that everything that she wants comes from me. She can't go out and, f- and play with herself. She knows that the human, so she's, that's a natural thing that she has. But then there's also the, the, um, the, the focus that is created through mm-hmm. obedience, which a lot of competitive rings expect and work on. And yeah. you have, you can get a little bit of both, but you have to, so sometimes dogs just do it naturally. And there's no, it's just like competing against a natural athlete. Mm-hmm. They're just a force to be reckoned with yeah. without trying. Sometimes you yeah. just, you can't, there's nothing that you can do about like looking at dogs like that. People all the time mm-hmm. are like, man, your dog is lasered on you. I didn't really teach her that I she I mean I think what helped and reinforced it is I taught her that she has to look at me in order to get what she wants when she was a puppy and I think that that helped like really build mm-hmm. that up and charge that up but the mm-hmm. other thing that we just worked on with this dog that does a competitive obedience the AKC is she wanted that focus on her and we worked on that with the remote collar using negative reinforcement and we we made it much better and she won first place in all of her stuff the next week. So oh, wow. you just have to, you have to work on the actual look at me command and then, and then just like drive that out. Like what I typically do, especially it's easiest with a food driven dog is yes, you can perfect. Yeah. You get your kibble, you throw it in your pouch, you go out and you start layering drills over like, you put the food at your face, you know, you say focus, good focus. You start paying the dog from your face directly, like a, a line, like, you know, like yeah. a, like a zip line right to the dog oh, from yeah. your face. And then, and then you just work it. It's the same thing as everything else we've been talking about is yeah. anything that you can teach your dog, you can make a thousand times better over time. Okay. And then do you call, do you, do you have words for that? Do you say, look, if you want it later on in time or reinforce it with words or what word would you use for that? Yeah. Any, anything. Um, what I would use to answer your question is like, like look or focus or whatever you can say, whatever you want, but typically those are the, 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 the cues that people say and you just work on it and then you make it better. And then, you know, for this dog that we were talking about earlier, this German Shepherd is, she had to progress to move it in motion. So the dog looking at her and then moving their body was hard naturally Mm -hmm. because they want to watch where they're going. But we had to teach the dog like, nope, stay on us. And um, we just progressed over again, uh, four hours. Mm -hmm. And then she won first place the next weekend. So um, yeah, you just Mm -hmm. have to wrap it out and work on it. I see. And then the other thing I had in mind is when she would be, let's say that her senses are so well developed that she hears and she sees everything ahead of me. I mean, she is so fast with those things. So often, because then people say, oh, distract that behavior, la la, even if she's on the on the leash. I'm just behind her and really can sometimes see it coming because Mm -hmm. if I see it coming, then I can kind of engage her more, distract her, and then it's better. But if not, then she focuses so long already and then she's in her fuss. I can't get it away from her anymore. She's so then focused, looking and staring that she's already there. How do you get a dog off that? Like, do do you just... um, get like uh, on the leash again you just tack on the leash and say 
leave it or i mean she's used to leave it but she's not using it outside she knows that in the house when i do it with the cat and the food and it's all working but outside that leave it has no meaning so mm -hmm. well I, you know i think it's 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 reframe that question as you were talking about your off-leash recall it's the same thing mm -hmm. It's like, hey, she she knows it really great inside, but then when we hit it in reality, she fails. So it's a bridge. It's a bridge. It's a it's a repetition practice scenario. If the dog knows what you're asking, and then you go outside, it's an accountability and a repetition and a copy and paste scenario of the dog just doesn't know it in that context, and it's a very different environment. It's the difference between, again, somebody at batting practice and then being in the ninth inning in Yankee Stadium and the crowd's going crazy. It's a very different thing. So, you, so again, it's the same exact thing. Every single thing that we've it's, – it's a template is my dog knows it, but in the real life it doesn't know it. That's because you're not bridging the two together. You're going from hot to really cold. You're splashing things very quickly and too abruptly and your dog doesn't have an opportunity to, to bridge those gaps together. And it's up to you to blend those in together. You have yeah. to blend those in together. Perfect example would, would be, let's just say, let's just say doing basic obedience in your house with food, with nothing going on in your house. Boom, cool, you got it, you nailed it. Then you go to your driveway. Mm -hmm. Then you start to, so that would be a perfect blend of house, driveway, and then down the street. But you're not mm -hmm. just going to go from house to down the street because that's too much of a jump for the dog. There's too many steps involved in the middle that you're missing and your foundation won't be good mm -hmm. enough to hold your house up on the street. You have to that's have the point. steps. You're, you're missing the foundation. So everything and, – and, and you can apply that example to every single problem you've thrown at me or that we've yeah. talked about right here is you, the only, it's like, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? If your dog yeah. knows it in private and your dog <laughs> understands it, but is not doing it in, in, in a realistic environment, it's yeah. because there's not enough accountability and you're not doing a good enough job at blending those two together. Cool. You're, you're going from super boring to really yeah. not boring at all. And it's like your dog's not listening because it's too much of a change. You have to yeah. blend those together. Yeah, and she doesn't want to Perfect. because the stuff is much more yeah, exciting. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so, so again, it comes, okay, so if your dog's like, yeah, but squirrel, okay, holding the dog mm -hmm. accountable, no, I told you to place, I told you to come, I told you to sit, accountability, but then it's also making sure that like you're not jumping from oh, boring inside the house, womp, 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 and then you go mm -hmm. outside to squirrels running around, it's like, oh, oh. Whoa, look at boo, boo. Like completely yeah. night and day. And then you're scratching your head like, she sits great inside. I don't understand. And I'm like, well, those are two different things. A hundred percent. You have to blend those together. Yeah, I have to work harder. Yep. I guess that's what oh, it is. Yeah. yeah you, <laughs> listen, again, it's the same thing. Like you're getting an animal to, yeah. to respond to the noises that are coming out of your mouth. That is not an easy thing to do. So yes, there's hard work. There's people who train their dogs for years. I know. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not yeah. it's not easy. I mean, some dogs, like we talked about, make it easy. Some dogs yeah. are some dogs are faster learners. Some dogs don't care about squirrels or chipmunks or other people. They're just happy to be outside. Those are the easy dogs. But then there's mm -hmm. other dogs who aren't, and that's what you just that's what you got, and you have to develop I, it. Minnie and I have a herder, and I yep. think she would 
afraid with the herd of sheep. Oh my goodness. Exactly. He hurts the little doggies in the dog park because she shows her behavior. And guess what she does? So she she doesn't even play as much anymore because she's older and that's fine. Then she kind of hurts the ones that she wants uh, and Mm -hmm. it's fine. But then when she's have enough time and we have some benches to sit on and I chat with people. So after about 20 minutes when she's good and she sniffed everything, she sits right next to me and watches every dog in the dog park. She knows where every dog is at every place of time. She is so watchdog. It's incredible. And I don't have a herd of sheep for her. And it's hard. You know, we don't have there's a training facility in the above in indianapolis and a little further in indiana and if that would be closer i would really train her on on sheep i just want her engagement and yep. make her and so on yeah and there's other there's other things that you can try to do like you can try to find barn hunting you can try to find agility you can try to find rally I agility with her i do agility Good. but she's not as engaged she doesn't like it because it's boring for her. She'd rather, <laughs> she'd rather she'd rather chase things right yeah, she's a chaser yep. and she doesn't, that's like, she's the slowest poke in agility, but that's okay. I mean, as long as she engages, I mean, I am um, I have to still manage the weave. We haven't accomplished hmm. that yet, but as soon as she has that down, then she has everything kind of down and the teeter, yeah, that's harder. But other than that, then, um, yeah, she could do it. She's just very slow. She's not... She's not attracted to it. And she's not the dog like, I'll show you the ball. She would like to play the ball, but she's not waiting for that ball for five minutes to accomplish. Then she'll get the ball. She's not like that. She's smart. She knows it's like, oh, well, then I'm not doing it. She's she's really a good dog to teach. It's just uh, it takes time. One, uh, two little things. Um, why did you call your dog Lakota? I'm just very curious. Mm-hmm. Did it come the name or why did you pick that name yeah good question i picked it because i volunteered my time at a wolf sanctuary in in southern oh. colorado for i see on and off for like five summers and she is six gonna be seven this winter and so yeah. i wanted to name her after a wolf at the sanctuary and and that's what i did is i picked a, a wolf um, and actually the wolf, I've never met the wolf. Um, this wolf was actually mm-hmm. had passed, but they have a list of all the wolves that have been on the sanctuary. And I really liked Lakota. And um, of course, Lakota comes from uh, Native American uh yeah, heritage, yeah. Yeah, heritage and, and community and culture. And, and so I thought that was really cool. And, and so that's why I named her Lakota. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just... Um, because um, so we work with the Lakota people so we I work in language revitalization and so uh, when I saw that it's like what connection do you have to that but now I I understand it yeah because we work with the Lakota tribe and the Lakota people and Lakota itself means people so if the if the people that's the word for like you know how you know Sioux I mean how people said those are the Sioux people that's or a name that was given by wrong naming, blah, blah. But if they talk about themselves, they call themselves Lakota, and that means people. So each of these tribes has their own name, but it means people. So that means 
person, people means Lakota of that tribe. So yeah, I was just curious because I, <laughs> I have that connection. We work with um, um, 40, 50 tribes in the US, in Canada and other countries to revitalize their languages. So that's just, I was curious. So anyways, um, that's that one. And the last thing is I have a stepmother or something or mother-in-law, whatever you call her. So she has a dog. Um, I pointed out a couple of days ago that I'm going to talk to you and have this appointment, blah, blah. And she was then she looked you up and she was like, oh, wow, I researched him and he's good. And she's been having rich bags for her lifetime. I think mm. she had before rich bags. She got now one she can't handle and she doesn't know how to train because that one is such a timid one. She has the opposite um, character. And so, so I'm not sure if she's, uh, interested in even come to your academy because they're only four hours away there in Connecticut. And so I thought maybe if she might do that eventually, but uh, I guess uh, if she's uh, doing a consultant lesson like this, I do with her, I think you can probably tell her a lot of stuff already, I guess. What would you recommend? Yeah, that, I think that would be the best thing because like I said I mean this consulting we could talk about anything I talk to breeders yeah. and dog trainers and and whatever and and it's really to just kind of talk and pick each other's brains and I think that would be the best thing is to just yeah. have her sign up for the consulting and um talk about uh yeah all that stuff I think that would be yeah I think that would be the best best thing to do yeah, yeah, that's uh, what I thought. And um, yeah, I'll recommend her that because I feel like, I mean, I have never, I have not seen any other trainer like you uh, on, in, I've watched trainers in UK and Germany, that's where I'm from. And they're all good, but you can make it happen in a short time and you know you train the people rather than the dogs which some people do the other trainers do that too but i mean um what i have seen was very reactive dogs that you had was incredible so yeah that is something that uh, uh the last question before we close when you have a dog that nips um like because that's what she does she never bit she nips is that something you can train off to that because of obedience, she gets to know at one point that she has to leave it or not do it? Is that something that they get to know not to use as a tool for them when they have fear, when they want to hurt, blah, blah, blah? Is that something I can also work with, you feel? Say, so say, what kind of context is this in? Like, what do you mean? It that if she would nip like before I get her to, if I do it as much as often when I see that things come up, that at one point she wouldn't engage in it anymore because it's the end of her game. Like she would bark, charge, run, and maybe nip at someone. So if I control everything beforehand, then she shouldn't nip right. anymore. Yeah. Okay. Now I know what you're saying. Yeah. It would, yeah. it would be a little bit of both. It would be saying like, okay, her trigger is, you know, little kids running and squeaking. She's like, oh, yeah. that, that looks fun. I'm bored. Let's do that. And then it would be an immediate like, and this is it. This is the interesting thing too, is it's more like, oh, I, I, you know, it's not like, holy crap, what are you doing? Like they're kids. Like you're like, oh, she's a herding breed. I get it. So it would be, Gigi come or here, she'd come to you yeah. and then you'd kind of just say, okay, there's kids playing over here. We're going to move away. It would be that in the beginning. And, um, 
And, and to be honest, I think over time you could probably desensitize her a little bit, especially if it's, I don't, it's, it's tough because again, mm-hmm. it's like you're using these kids as bait. So, and not too yeah. many parents, including myself not would be either. like, yeah, let's, so it would be, it would be, yeah, I think it would be more of just being, be yeah, it would be more, being more proactive instead of reactive, yeah. not trying to scramble when it happens. It would be more like, Hey, we're, we're just not going to let this happen. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll just have to put more work in. I hope you give me some other I knew it's not gonna happen. I just wanted to yeah, go through it, but I, I think what you said is I'm missing pieces of this next step, you know, in between and I think I'm done and try it out. It's not working, yes, because I'm still not there yet and I have to still put work in and uh it takes it can take months and years or I really intensify my training and it's faster but i i work uh, 11 hours a day so that's harder than to get the training in more likely over the weekends or you know but i mean she has as much exercise as she needs we live out at the woods and she can run like a crazy lady there she loves it i mean she's a you you can leave her outside and she would survive because she hunts yeah. oh yeah she never got something but Actually, my cat and her uh, team, my cat brings me every day mice and little critters, but mostly mice and, you know, whatever, chipmunks and then or rabbits, mostly, yeah, big enough rabbits. That dog, if she gets to one, I saw her, she started eating on them. I'm like, no, you're not going to eat that. And that's not a present from the cat, you know. So so there, I, she would survive outside. She's a, she's that type of dog, but I don't want her to, you know, you know mm-hmm. uh, engage in that. But what I'm saying is, yes, I, I just have to train her well and that she fits in and she can still have her fun because, I mean, she would, I mean, yeah, she's she's in dog heaven where we live. I mean, I wish I could show you in FaceTime because it's um, I mean, it's a valley behind the woods. We have a natural park with a lake. She can swim. She, oh, she can do anything. So I just you- and I love what you do. You're amazing. And thank I you. wish I could meet you one time uh, in person. No, so, thank you. Thank you great. very much. Yeah, I mean, you have so much help. You have no idea for people who struggle. I mean, I'm just crying because I always cry. <laughs> but uh, you, you're really good, and it helps so much that you open it to the public and yeah, keep going because people learn so much and they. Um, it helps the dogs, you know. It just helps them. So, thank you. Well, thank you. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.